gosh, please. Oh, please. You all tucked in now? Well, here we go. These are the breaks. Cheats. Boom bap. And beyond. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Vic Monster. Uh, thanks for tuning in to episode number two of Breaks, Beats, Boom Bap, and Beyond. And before we get started, I want to shout out my sponsor, uh, National Paintless Dent Repair. Um, you can't pack the Mac in the back of the lag of your car with a big old dent in it. So you got to call National Paintless Dent Repair. Uh, hail, Dale, uh, hail, Dent, Body, Paint. Uh, they do all kinds of services. You could check them out, check them out on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, 815-670-0770. Uh, National Paintless Dent Repair. Uh, hit them up on Facebook, Instagram. Hit up Mario and tell them Vic sent you. So uh, I got my first uh, in-person guest today. I'm really happy to have him on board. He's actually someone who uh, realistically I haven't known him too long, and uh, we're going to get to that actually, but he's someone who I think is really interesting. He really uh, contributes a lot to the local community, and I'm really happy to have him on board. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, b-boys and b-girls, uh, please allow me to introduce my good friend Chris Jeebus. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks yeah, for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for, for, uh, for taking the time and uh, stopping by. I know you're, I know you're busy. Um, I do know you're involved <laughs> in a lot of stuff. But uh, so before I ask my first question, uh, let me set it up real quick. Um, so if you haven't, my listeners, if you haven't heard my first episode, uh, go ahead and check that out. Uh, maybe after this, but it'll give <laughs> you a little bit more uh, information about me personally. And uh, to touch briefly on that, I've been involved in the hip-hop community in Rockford for most of my life, uh, the better part of 20 years. So I know a lot of people, um, and I know Chris knows a lot of people. So um, maybe about five years ago on like Facebook, I saw Chris pop up kind of out of nowhere uh, with his movement, the DDC movement, which we'll get into. And I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. I like seeing new people doing new things because I feel that Rockford should have uh, multiple um, groups and collectives, not yes, necessarily definitely. competing, but doing, you know, cool shit. You know, there's, I just feel like there's enough room for everybody. So uh, you came in with a bunch of new faces to me, at least, like like Jay and uh, Kane and uh, a few other people. And just everyone was new to me. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so what really caught my attention was that Michael, Mike Check, and IQ were like down with you. Yep. And I know those dudes, I've been acquainted to them for a long time, and I hope to get them both individually in here. But I know the way they roll, they just don't like mess with anybody. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, man, you know, if they're, if they're down with this dude, then this guy knows like something, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I met you in person. I'm not exactly sure when, but we had kind of spoken online and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, ever since we met, we've been cool and we collaborated a lot. But as I got to know you, I started to realize that you actually have been involved in the community for a long time. Um, so my first question is from like five years ago to the Michael Mike Check days of the early 2000s. Where were you at that whole time? <laughs> I did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I've, I've never been, like, a big person to put my name out there or to worry about, like, the credit or recognition of anything that I did. So 
a lot of times I'd organize different types of drives or different types of events, and I never branded a name to it. I never put it under any kind of group, and I never worried about putting my name out front either for that matter. So I just bounced around and did a lot of different things and, and tried to find you know where I was at. Because early on with Mike Check, I, we started out uh, with our own hip-hop group in, like, 98. And, we, you know, young cats, freaking just, you know, figuring it all out. And as things happened, you know, we got older, had families, you know, people put out solo albums and everything. I was still trying to find exactly where I fit in at. So at the same time when he started, you know, everything started really moving in Rockford and everything, I started working on comic books and my art and everything. So a lot of that I would go a lot of different places too. I didn't stick to just Rockford. I've traveled the country all over and done events from coast to coast. Sure, man. And you know, like, okay. And that's fair. Like, that's awesome. I, I, I kind of knew that, but I wanted to hear from you because again, I, you were like super involved now and just knowing that you, you were cool with Mike and those dudes like back then, it just kind of like, there's this huge in-between gap, but I know you, you were not busy. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's important dude. like, like people, even myself, you know, we take these breaks, um, to explore other opportunities, other possibilities, or just, you know, the kind of, um, uh, you know, we have families and we have kids and, and I mean, those are all important things. And I always tell people like, if you have to, uh, take a break, like nothing leaves, like, no, absolutely. like the game is always here. So I could see like, when you came back, it's like, you were like already pretty established. And, and that's what I thought was really interesting. It's like, man, this guy's just stepping in and just taking over, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think that's really cool, man. So that was, I've been wanting to ask you that for, for a while. So, um, where did you like start with hip hop? Like, were you solo, or were you, like, did you know Mike Check before that? Or, or I've known I've known Mike Check and IQ. Actually, it was Mike Check, IQ's older brother that we used to hang out. It was us and like three other cats, and uh, they really introduced me into hip hop right in, in like the early high school area. And uh, for a little while, I, I was back and forth with it. You know, I, I like my emo rock. I was emo rock kid. You know, and. Uh, I would go back and forth while I had left town for the first time and went to Arizona and I was out there and they had sent me with two songs and I remember those songs like changed my whole perspective on everything because everything I was listening to was really negative and I realized it everything in these hip-hop songs were positive and so I started listening more and when I came back I was like all right you guys got me so and it was really it was Wu-Tang that really sure yeah you know, took my whole everything because I, I always hung out with like six, seven people. It was always a big group of us. We always would, you know, mess around, throw the microphone over the, you know, the ceiling fan and just spit into cassette decks, you know, and and from there, it really just kind of took over. You know, it became everything that we did, you know, the, listen, it was the whole sessions of, you know, new albums drop. We would stand in line to get the new album, right, you know, yeah. to go home and listen to them. Man, to, those, are the, those are the good days. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, about how old were you, think, when uh, you started, uh, like, when you got into music? Probably right around, like, 16, 17, when I really started thinking that, like, I mean, it always had a big effect on me and, and my artwork, but, you know, in the teen years, I didn't know if I was going to be an artist. I didn't know what I wanted to be exactly. And music always had a big effect, but it was probably right around, like, 16, 17, when I really realized how much it affected my not just like how it would inspire me but as well as like it, it would literally control my mood like I, I could go from being upset or depressed or you know 
you know, I didn't come from the you know richest neighborhoods right. or anything. You know, the struggle was real. So you right, know, yeah, yeah. But it took me out of that, and that's where that was the age where I really noticed that it. You know, I, I give hip hop credit for saving my life in that factor because I it allowed me to not just wallow in pity. It, right, it lifted me up. Right, give you a sense of uh, a way to express yourself exactly. and to to kind of find your tribe. Like, right. It's crazy, man. I think about like those early days. It was kind of harder to find your friends. Oh, absolutely. But when you found them, it's like, like all my friends. Like we're friends for life now. But yep. we were all kind of like, in a way, like the outcasts. Because yep. you know, you had your rockers and your skaters, your preps, your yep. gangsters. But it's like there wasn't any like b boys. Like yep. we all went to different <laughs> high schools and stuff like that. But now it's like you kind of assemble your tribe yep. that way. Um. So like so. <laughs> I have never asked you this either, man. So what was like what was your first like hip hop rap name? Oh man, dude. My first I went through so many names. Sure, like yeah. it was so ridiculous. I had science at one point. Okay. Spelled with a P. Like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I went with it wasn't my the name that finally stuck is I started DJing out at uh it was hard times at the time. And uh that now was... it's Fatty McGee's. Before oh, they closed okay. out, like way back. Oh, nice! You're yeah. DJing. Hold on, like, yeah. you're DJing too. Yeah, I mean, it was really quick. It was like with uh, CDs or yeah, vinyl. CDs. Okay, so like the really early yeah. CDJs. Yeah. Was it this was, like late '90s, early 2000s? Yeah, it was early 2000s. Okay, yeah. It was yeah, really early. So I, I started and I brought on somebody because I wasn't I wasn't good at it. So <laughs> okay, and yeah. I re- I was I really couldn't figure out how to be uh, interactive on the microphone and try to switch songs and everything at the same time yeah, so yeah. i brought somebody in that could mc for me and he's the one that really gave me the the name and, and it ended up being chris longwood and that's the one that stuck for the, the longest amount of time who was the mc brother uh, his name is mc cock in a box so <laughs> he was like mc cock in a box and dj chris longwood i'm like all right well there we go that, like, <laughs> was that okay i'm pretty sure that wasn't the white guy who was it? it was okay. <laughs> oh shit that's good okay did you guys have like a, a crew name or <laughs> no it, i actually met him through work like i mean we didn't hang out outside of work yeah. or anything he had dj'd there before mm-hmm. and he had moved out of town and came back and had talked to me about hey you guys if you got any days you want off or anything you know just let me know and i'll fill in for you and i didn't really i only dj'd like three days a week so oh I was really like, yeah that's cool though that's, i didn't know that that's interesting uh you were just kind of playing like a little bit of everything yeah okay yeah a lot of, a lot of it was top 40s until about like midnight and then the bosses would leave or shut the door i mean mm-hmm. sometimes they weren't gone and i thought they were and they'd come out and yell at me because that's when i'd start playing everything i yeah. wanted to play yeah <laughs> um so like you know i i didn't really start doing like stuff till like maybe like oh five oh six uh and even then like the scene was scarce and mind you i was like i was underage yeah. you know so i didn't mm-hmm. know like the bar scene very well yet um, so, and you know, you're, I mean, respectfully, you're a little older than I am. So like in those late nineties, early two thousands, like how, how was like the hip hop scene here? Did there you, wasn't one. Oh, really? Okay. Like, I mean, we give a lot of credit when we started doing our thing. We knew we started doing it as a crew. We were derelicts of madness. Kind of the same thing. Like when we found our crew, we were all the outcasts, which mm-hmm. is why we took the name derelicts. Yeah. And we did a bunch of house shows and little things like that around the area. And there wasn't really nobody doing anything. Well, we started going to a lot of the Goodyear Pimp shows. And after a little while, they ended up doing a show where they're like, hey, does anybody want to rhyme to our beat? And we pushed Mike Check up on stage. And then because of that, we ended up becoming friends with the Pimps. And once they did their whole, once they blew up, they came back to Rockford and 
everybody let them do whatever the hell they want. Right. It didn't matter what bar it was. So they actually contacted us and were like, hey, do you guys want to do a hip-hop set? And hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's unheard yeah. of, you know? Yeah, so wow. we did that, and then that kind of, like, opened up. Next thing, you know, next thing I knew, it was... Uh, you know, we went and did Star Search. We went and did... Really? Went, yeah, we went and did Star Search. I, I gotta Search. see that stuff under... Uh, what crew name was it? Under the... Derelicts of Madness. Derelicts. Yeah, D-O-M. You know, uh, like the Goodyear pimps who were previously the Goodyear blimps, right? No, they were the Goodyear pimps, but then they had to drop the Goodyear. Okay, okay, that's right, that's right. Yeah. And then it was just the pimps. <laughs> just so, the pimps, yeah. Man, like, I feel... I mean, this ain't off topic at all, but I feel like they're so underrated in oh. Rockford. Like, people don't know who they are. But I remember... Um, when like movie soundtracks were like a really big deal, yep. uh, when Mission Impossible Three came out, yep. I bought that CD because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a Metallica song on there that like you couldn't get anywhere else. You couldn't yep. download it. It wasn't on any CD. You had to buy the Mission yeah, Impossible. Yeah, you couldn't just stream the single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I had to you know pay the twelve bucks or whatever for the one CD. But you know that movie was huge for its time, and you know it had Metallica, Limp Bizkit, who was super mm. famous at the time. Yep. And they had a track on there, yep. and it's like, that's a pretty big deal, yeah. man. So for them, uh, being as big as they were at the time, to give you guys like some like a little shine, that's yeah. like pretty big. That's a pretty big like cosign. You yeah, know? no, it was it was awesome. I mean, it it really allowed us to do a lot of it. It made other bars look at us different. Okay, and that's when it really things started being able to happen when CJ started allowing you know a little bit more obscurity to their music they'd let in and, and things like that. And what was it bar five or whatever it was? Bar, oh yeah, bar yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of like the end of that. Yeah. Um. So how was how was the response for you guys then when you started performing? It it was awesome at the time. I mean, because there wasn't really anybody in the area doing it, or if they were, it was all very very underground. You know, we were the first ones that I know of, anyways, that were doing it in the bars in Rockford. Right. So that was it was really cool. And I mean, yeah, cause I remember like you know we used to buy a newspaper, and I, I'm not saying I remember seeing your guys' name on there, but we used to buy the newspaper, or you know we're subscribed, and and I would look at the ghost section like every week, yep. <laughs> and and you, they'd have all the bars and all the performers, and uh, even before I started DJing, when I was like uh, you know kind of my pre DJ days, like man, I want to have my name in the newspaper because it's official, you know, so like <laughs> like people don't don't realize how big of a deal it was to be a part of the newspaper oh, in yeah. that period because it was the only source of information. Yeah. Like now... It was the it legitimized you. It, it, it was the only news source that it, would really... It, it puts you in the same playing field as the the Goodyear Pims and like Big Daddy Woo Woo. Yeah. and like, we also opened up for. <laughs> right. And, and those were like, those were the big names. Like when you saw them in the ghost section, you'd be like, man, that's where I want to be at. They're going to be at... LTs or yep. or whatever I can't even remember half the bars you know that are still here they're just different names yep. but man to be on the newspaper like that in you know the late 90s and 2000s was a big deal man so that's really cool and and I'm I'm glad that uh they gave you that cosign because I, a lot of people wouldn't have given like anybody that type of cosign yeah no absolutely and that, that's what it actually opened up the, the door of two big daddy woo woo for us we got in contact with them and they put us on the one of their show, they had us come out and called us up on stage during the groove walk. Oh, really? Had us freestyle to their live music, which was amazing. And, and that's then, another group that's like, yeah, super underrated. I think. Yeah, absolutely. They've been around for a long time too. And that would, uh, con I don't know all the members, but I'm sure everybody knows who Steve Shannon is. Yep. He's what maybe the bass player. He was. Or something he like was the drummer at the time. I'm not sure. Okay. Like, I'm not even sure who's in the band anymore. I know they changed some members right, and right. things like that. So, but yeah, at the time he was the drummer. 
So, so did you guys? Um, okay, so when I met Mike Check and IQ, they were a part of Split Ends, yeah, which was probably the first group uh, of hip hop that I was that I met and that I like bought their CD and all that. So was that like before or after? That was after. It was it was we just DOM became that was more not only our rap name that was like our family name because okay. like all of us grew up in the same way. Like I said, we found our crew. We all came from. I don't want to necessarily say broken homes per se, but uh, definitely uh, we had enough. Our parents were busy enough that we had time to, you know, get into bad stuff. Right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So we kind of found each other and, and became our own family, you okay. know. So even when we stopped doing the whole eight-person group thing, oh, okay. then they started doing the side project. That's when I started doing more artwork and I started, you know, trying to figure out where I where I wanted to go and what direction. Is there, uh, from that DOM group, is there any else that's like active in that um actively there's still uh our friend cedric he still does a bunch of stuff he goes by official okay uh, yeah so he he does a lot of stuff he's around uh quite a bit i haven't seen him for a few years uh just due to moving around and everything and then just recently got back in contact with him and, yeah he's still out there doing stuff um sean's brother who was a big member he ended up going into the military okay and uh you know he's got his whole family and sure, everything yeah. now and uh other than that, everybody else is, I haven't really seen a whole lot of anybody else. It, it's been, I mean, we, we were the main guys right there. Okay, yeah. So uh, then we had a couple other cats that kind of came and went, you know, filled in spots. And they're all, you know, still loved, but right. it was always me, Mike Check, Sean, uh, official. Because, yeah, I, I actually, like, cause I met, I met a... I met Sean like really early on and I recently found out he was like a military, like a full time. So yeah. that'll explain kind of him being in and out. Yeah. But, you know, Mike Check, I've always followed his career, you know, through Split Ends, uh, House of M, yeah. like the stuff he's done with Dana and stuff. So, so I've always seen him, man. So and that whole period while Mike was kind of really coming to his own, like you were doing comic book stuff or? Yeah, I was doing a lot of comic book stuff and figuring out exactly yeah, you know, I ended up having you know my kids did my whole little family thing as sure. well in yep. that process, uh, but yeah, I started drawing comics, started figuring out exactly you know I went through phases where I didn't know if that was something legitimate you know that I could actually do, uh, so there was a lot of in and outs of of where I fit in exactly. The next few years it was kind of um, yeah, just kind of figuring things out. I did a lot of different random stuff for a while. I started doing upholstery down at my dad's shop, you know, saying it because he was always really creative. He didn't want to do just regular stuff. Right, yeah. So I started designing different uh, things for his upholstery and, and things like that. And that's where I started figuring out that, yeah, I think art's where I really just want to, where I want to go with everything because it's, it's, I watched a movie as stupid as it is. It was freaking Sister Act 2. Okay, hell yeah, man. Whoopi Goldberg, dude. <laughs> yeah. She has a line in where she's talking to Lauren Hill about yeah, being a singer. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you mm -hmm. go to bed, and, and that's that's how where I was at with comic books and with art, like, it's all I would think about. You right. Know? And that's where I realized. And then finally one day, I, I decided I was going to quit partying. I was going to quit doing all this, and I was going to take it serious. Okay. So then I, I published my first comic book and started doing comic book conventions. Oh, no shit, yeah. What, uh, what was the first publication you had? Uh, Imaginary Places. Okay. Yeah, it, it had it out. It was a uh, Top Cut Comics. Okay. They had, they had it out there for long. I actually sold all of my comics out for a little while now. I should. I thought about replacing them, but I haven't really pushed them in a while. So <laughs> That's cool, man. That's like uh, definitely something that's... Uh, 
you know, to add to your resume. Like, I don't know very many people who have anything published, so let alone a comic book. Uh, so did you, like, write the story, draw it, color it in, and do all that? I The first one I did, I wrote, and I hired an artist. And okay. I, I did the coloring on it, but I hired, because I was still in doubt with my, my skills sure. of, of how I wanted it. And I could, I could see how I wanted it in my head, and even right. with the style that I drew, it still didn't fit the story that I was writing. Okay. So I've since then I've I've got some that I published that I drew I got some that I published that I write and then uh, I partnered up a lot with uh, Travis Leg. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. And me and him we've done role playing together. Since oh, nice. Kids, okay, so, yeah. Know, no, so, Travis. Uh, he's always he's never was never in the music side, but he's been there just as long as Mike checking out those guys. He used to hang out with. He was part of. Oh, my really? Group. Okay, yeah. that's like another like. So we, it was all, we were all creatives in one way or another. Right, that's like so, another nerd, but like a yeah. cool... Because he made a movie too, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I helped the, him produce that as well too. The, was so. the Raymond did it one? The Ray, he, uh, my son is in Raymond did it. Oh, no shit, yeah, I gotta Ken, see that. Ken, I gotta see it now. My oldest son, Kindred, is in Raymond did it. And then I helped him produce... Um, uh, what was the name? It was this vampire one. And I, I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Totally yeah. drawing a blank on me now. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> okay, no, that's, that's really cool to know, man. So like, yeah, really like as, you know, you're kind of stepping away from the music you're 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 uh building up other uh uh outlets like i mean comic books and movies yeah. and that's that's crazy dude that really is so um kind of fast forward a bit uh your kids get a little older um you're still kind of in the comic book industry what makes you come back to doing like shows and getting kind of involved in like hip-hop community i guess well I did, the first things i did uh when the kids started getting old enough and i published my comic books i, I threw a comic convention here called fc3 okay yeah and, i do remember that mm -hmm. and it, it was huge and the kids I, they got to be all part of it and everything because they were really wanting to be in the same world well and then as you know they got older music became a bigger factor in their life and you know i, I realized i had a lot to talk to them about mm -hmm. about music as they got older and then Kane wanted to kind of get into it, you know. So it was a long process of just realizing that a lot of his friends came around. And, and I started realizing that a lot of these kids didn't have the same information that we had or didn't know where to get that information right. from or how to even start being a musician. Mm -hmm. And kind of talking to them is where I was like, you know, okay, that's, you know, there, there's something there. And then uh, Mike Check and Sean wanted to come back. Okay, and, yeah. and, and do an album at the same kind of mm -hmm. time frame. So it just kind of like all happened just it, very organically. It just kind of, you know, flowed back into the same thing. You know, and my art's always been inspired by music. So I decided to put all of that together. And so like the DDC, I mean, you know, if, if you're not familiar with uh, uh, Chris, Chris's group uh, or collective, it's like, you guys, and that's why I was really impressed when I first started seeing you kind of pop up on Facebook because it's like, okay, you guys are doing rap and art shows and like this and that and, you know, you're part of rock shows and skate shows. It's like, you guys are really all over, man. Like, I, I think that's cool that uh, you guys are covering so much ground. Um, it's funny, I had spoken to Kane a few times. Because, like, if you, if, you, if you don't know Chris personally, he doesn't come off as an old, like, geezer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I can't, I think we were at when Benny had our strong, um, mm -hmm. my brother had a little, little gym, uh, spot on third street and he, we were talking, he kept on calling you dad. Yeah. And I was like, who the hell is he talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, me and my dad and yeah, dad told me this. And then he, I think you came up mm -hmm. and said like, all right, it's time to go. He's like, okay, dad. And I was like, oh man, like that's his son because your son is what? 20, 22 now. 22. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I couldn't put two and two together. Mm -hmm. 
But I think that's cool, man, because my dad was the same way with me and my brothers. My dad was a musician, still a musician, just not active. And um, he taught us all how to play different instruments. So we, like, toured for, like, many, many years. And we just always hung out with my dad. So, like, seeing you and your son, man, I think that's really cool, bro. Like, how, how has that been for you? Oh, it's been awesome. Like, it... it it's been a really unique experience, especially, too, because working within the collective, I never wanted to show any extra favoritism, you know? Right. So, in turn, I was always a little worried about that, but in turn, that just made him work twice as hard. Like, he's mm. he's a really hard-working kid. I mean, he's the only 22-year-old. I know that's bought his own house already. Yeah, you know? I know, so, outside of, like, rapping, he's grinding yeah. super hard, and that's awesome. So, it, it just made him work harder, which was really awesome, and he, it was he always came to me for advice and wanted me to hear stuff, but it was never, he never let my opinion sway what he was trying to do, which I was always really happy with too. Cause I never wanted to come in and be like, Oh, do it this way. And right. I just have him do it. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we wouldn't agree, you sure. know? And, and sometimes he'd prove me wrong. Sometimes I'd prove him wrong, you know? So it was a really cool experience and it, it hasn't been like with anybody else. Cause I don't get, I don't try to tell people how to do their music. I right. just try to give them, you know, outlets of, of, what they can do with their music. I don't want to be in control of anybody's music. I'm not trying to tell anybody how or what they should do. I right. just offer advice. Sure. With him, I got to be a lot more in the creative process, which brought me back to my roots of when I used to write and the way that I would listen to music would be different, you know, and stuff like that. So it was really, definitely really cool and, and a way to be uh, reminiscent without having to put, right. in, put in all the same pressure yeah. either, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really cool, like, especially that he, he like, kind of jumped in without you, like, kind of forcing him to, to follow your footsteps. He kind of came to his own. And, uh, yeah, no, I was really impressed with his first album. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Music Is Me. The one with the cartoon. Yeah. I mean, like, I really, you know, I, I'm a fan of hard copies. Like, I, I mean, I stream stuff if I have to, but, like, I like holding CDs, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, like, the art cover. I like, you know, everything was really nice. It was recorded well, uh, real well. So, I like, I, I could tell that. If he didn't have that advice, it would probably just be streaming, just right. like every other kid now. But I, I like that he went the extra mile and had yeah. like an actual product, which I think is something that's uh, not appreciated or even valued. But you'd be surprised how many people actually still want to buy yeah. and hold like something. Like I, I mean, I bought a cassette. Like right. you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. like, people buy cassettes still, dude. Like they'll yep. pay more for a cassette than a dollar on iTunes, which is it's nuts, man. But I I, I appreciate that. So uh. Uh, when you came back with uh, with DDC, you had like a bunch of like younger members. Like, wh oh, yeah. where did all these newer guys come from? Uh, a lot of them, they either went to school with Kane or uh, a buddy of mine uh, who I kind of was one of the very first people in the movement, uh, Stone the Unknown. Mm. Uh, super awesome guy. I mean, he's talented on both sides. He does he does music. He's got a heavy metal band. He's right. got you know he does hip hop. He's a really cool guy. Um, between him and him knowing a few people and then like a lot of the kids that went to high school like when i you know started talking about doing this with uh kane and everything and you know he's like well i know a couple of kids in high school they weren't even necessarily friends they just you know knew of them and we got in contact with them and kind of had a few meetings and I, I took a few of them out to like some open mics and stuff like mm -hmm. that so they started getting comfortable and uh it, it just kind of you know went from there that the, the, what made it really cool was i had enough young cats that weren't sure what to do but i had mike and sean and everybody and dana that would be able to mentor these right. kids and give them advice yeah. along the way which you know i think helped opened up a lot of them to how they wanted to tackle certain things you mm -hmm. know and they've all done it in their own way and you know it, it, i've always said you know ddc is more of a platform you know than it is even a group 
uh, it, it's just something for people to have a resource and, and, you know, if they have questions or need advice or things like that, then, you know, we're there for that. Yeah. That's something I've always appreciated about, about your guys' movement. Uh, I talked about this with Rick on the first episode that it's like, I, I feel like you guys, your crew, like my crew is like, we're not, no, we're not competing with each other. Right. It's like, you know, and if we're not collaborating, we just coexist. Like you do something and if yep. and it's cool. And if we do something the same day, then, you know, it just gives people an option. But it's not like, a, a, oh, man, like those guys are doing some, you know, like because I can re, I can recall times where Rick and I were DJing or even Ricky was DJing and like like somebody would call the police or something on that bar yeah. and be like, oh, well, you guys can't have like. Like what? Like you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was just people hating, dude. Like yeah, just no, for no absolutely. reason. And I would, man, never do that to anybody. And I feel like, um, um, um there's people that still would would do that. Yeah. But no, for at, sure. At the end, you're just, you might be like causing that person that crew damage for that day, but really, what you're doing is causing the whole community damage. Yeah, absolutely. Because now they're gonna say, oh well, you know, there were threats for this party, so maybe we should shouldn't have parties at all. Yeah. So you're kind absolutely. of stepping. If I'm that doing that to you i'm stepping on my own possibilities yeah. for maybe doing shows man but um i i love that you guys have always just been like open to uh having other people also on your cards like it's not just your members like you're not yep. just looking out i mean obviously you're looking out for your guys but the door is open for other people yeah. to like use your platform yeah even even like members that are like you know mic check uh who like you know he, he's DOM uh, DC him and Sean are kind of stepping away a little bit because they're working on some new stuff and everything, but I mean you know that's it, and Mike's been signed to a, a label Lost Boys Music out in Colorado now, mm-hmm. cool. uh, and you know I encourage that you know I mean it, it, it's it's meant to be something to be built off of not something to be held down by right you know? so it, I definitely I think a lot of people don't realize that you know we've had a lot of people a lot of younger cats you know come in come go not know exactly what it was about, you know, and I've never had any issues with, you know, anybody coming, going, you know, it's, it's always been just an open door for you to, to use these resources. It's never meant to be anything to, you know, that you have to be attached to. Right. And then, yeah, like, like when you guys have a, have a show, like at least from, you know, the, the ones that I have, uh, you know, even if I just see the flyer, like the talents, like it's across the board. It's not just like one genre I mean, if you have someone like, you know, you have someone like Dre and someone like Stone, like right. they're both rappers, but it's like they're, they're so different, different yeah. you know, so that's, that's cool, man. I, I, I genuinely appreciate that. And it gives, um, I, I feel like that, um, that avenue is very limited in Rockford. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of the more like, kind of like party rappers and stuff like that, which is oh, cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. there's a time and a place where, but sometimes like I, I want to go to like a show. Yes, where I just yeah. drink and like I'm 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 focused on the stage, not so much like dancing or yeah. or yep. all that. Absolutely. Um, and and I I feel like you guys have been filling that uh, void for a long time. But has that been uh, difficult for oh. you guys to do? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, everybody wants to assume it's like you said, like it's it's the dance type stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we got met with you know, oh well, you need this much security and you need this right. and that. Yeah. Well, that's what gave me the idea to start including the art shows. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if it's an art show and yeah. I just have some musical performances, you know, maybe they won't. And it, it worked. Right. So I was able to blend the two. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it was just a, a real good marriage because I was like, okay, well, not everybody wants to listen to everybody. 
and you know sometimes they're there to support one person and then they leave take off yeah. yeah so i'm like but if i give them something to stick around for maybe they'll hear something they didn't hear before right. be like, oh well well hell i like this mm-hmm. you know so it, it just really worked out well together that's yeah that's funny you mentioned that man because that's like the approach i also took um you know i, I could dj everything but i do have my preferences and I'm not much of a top 40 person. Like, right. yeah, I have nothing against it, but it's just not my cup of tea. So when I deviated towards doing more of art shows, like, I would play, you know, more obscure, more abstract stuff, and people would appreciate it. Um, so, like, the artists appreciate it, the people appreciate it. But it's like, sometimes, you know, it's cool to have people dance and all that. Like, I love that too. But sometimes it's like you just want to set an atmosphere where people are just kind of chilling. And can talk and enjoy the art, yeah. but it also gives me opportunity to just play like the most random shit, yeah. <laughs> and people will like it. And uh, you know, oftentimes people will ask me like, "Oh, what what are you playing?" And I'm playing like something from Peru in the '70s, versus playing the song that everybody knows right now. Right. So again, it's kind of like establishing that um, communication with with random people. Like, man, you know, that dude must be cool because he just asked me. You know yeah. what I mean? He's not the fifth person that asked me what Henry Styles this song this is. You know, right. like, listen to the radio, dude. It's on there. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, that, that's that's the avenue I've taken, um, and and I'm glad that Rockford has a art community that's really open to that. I actually tell uh, a lot of people, like, man, you know, don't don't uh, expect not getting booked. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. have to book yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you guys have kind of done and yeah. I think mastered because you guys uh, like kind of cover every aspect now because now your collective, you guys have, uh, you know, a lot of rappers mm-hmm. and you also have a lot of like artists, a lot of painters on yep. that. Yeah, and, then, and we do, now there's enough of us and enough, uh, you know, I like to call them just, you know, allies, good friends of ours and everything that uh, we can do different genres of hip-hop as well. And, you know, I mean, we got, like, Jay Church, and we can even cover down the R&B stuff, with, right, you know, yeah. uh, through different people he knows and, and everything, which has been really cool to, to be able to go through not only different styles of art, because we have our graph artists, we got our painters, we got our uh, comic book style artists, but then we also have that range of music as well, too, to kind of match, pick and match the different types of shows and not make every show... Uh, just another art rap show that you've seen already. Right, it gives you the ability to, to switch it up uh, yeah. and not, yeah, not be the same. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that a lot too, man. It's good, it's good to switch it up. Um, it's good to like, uh, you know, switch the headliner out a bit. And, yeah. and you guys have that, um, you guys have that uh, like diversity within your, within your crew. Um, so, what do you guys have going uh, planned? You know, we're kind of wrapping up twenty twenty one already. Like, I for one am pretty much taking a break for the rest of the year um what do you guys got planned for 2022 uh we got a bunch more art shows we got one more show we're doing this year uh uh skrilla and hooligan is putting a headline in that whole uh, scenario over at texas lounge on december 3rd okay Um, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and so we got that that's gonna be the last show of this year and then after that we got some art shows and i've been working on a bunch of secret projects uh throughout this whole COVID down sure. play scenario that has finally started to be, we're getting ready to make some really big announcements and, oh, nice, man. and it's going to be, it's going to be really epic. Uh, new venues, new, uh, new music coming out, a whole bunch of stuff. So, uh, as far as complete and set dates, I don't have everything in stone. Right. Uh, other than the fact right off the bat, I know the year we're kicking off like two or three art shows. Oh, really? So, <laughs> That's that, awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm pretty excited for for those. Are you guys, uh, any of you guys, I know you, you guys also um, 
are not just limited to Rockford. You guys actually travel yeah. quite a bit. Um, how's your response been in other cities versus here? Better. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as yeah. much as I hate okay. to say yeah. it. Like, no, no. like uh, it, it's always been that way, though. Even back when I was just doing comics, right. we, I, we had more fans that uh, bought our comics in Florida than we did in Rockford. No kidding. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, same kind of thing. We go out to Madison, and it's all love. You know, yeah. and we go out to Milwaukee, and it's yeah. lovely. Uh, we 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 I we try to not oversaturate as well too. So right. we, there's a lot of people in Rockford that still don't know who we are. Yeah, exactly, it's crazy. You know? it's crazy. But but that's the same. You know, we don't want to do. Uh, we're at every bar every other weekend. You know. Yeah. So uh, I don't necessarily think it's because we've had any negative response here. It's just we we try not to over overdo it. Go too crazy. But then yeah. when we do go to like a lot of other places, I love Madison. Like Madison's one of the best places. Oh yeah, same. It's, it, like. The reception you get there is so awesome. People are really open to them, you know, just hearing yeah, that stuff. No, yeah, uh, me and Jamie and Kay, we lived in Madison for like two years, and we were like incredibly culture shocked when we moved there because everyone was so like friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a place where you do have a variety where I, again, I feel like people are, are more or less coexisting instead of like competing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you step out of one bar into the other. It's like, you know, well, both bars win because yep. you got the same, you know, customer. Um, we would catch a lot of hip-hop shows. Uh, I mean, I saw Brother Ali out there, Cool Kids, you know, right. uh, Rob Swift. Uh, I mean, we, we would catch so many shows out there. And then, like, to come back to Rockford, it's like, where's that community at, yeah. you know? And it's it's always been, I think that's always been uh, an issue here is that, like, I don't, I, I don't know what it is, you know, that, like, that community that uh, wants to see live hip-hop shows, like, it lacks. And I'm not sure if it's the people or it's the venues or... Well, I've explained, you know, I explain to people all the time, too. It's like, it, it, Rockford's, over the past five years, has gone through kind of almost a, a renaissance-esque period. Yeah. Like, it, I remember when you couldn't do art shows anywhere. Right. You know, and, and now downtown is all up and down art, artsy, you know, and right. it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's slowly opening up a little bit more to uh, being more hip-hop allowed, but it, that, it's a slippery slope because yeah. it just takes one, you know, one bad Man, moment yeah. <laughs> and, and we're shut back down again. Right, and, and I'm always, like, I always wish and hope everyone the best who does a show. Like, Absolutely. I'm not at every show. I wish I was, you know? So when people do shows, like, I'll watch just to make sure. Because right, yep. it, it, it will mess it up for the rest of us because, you know, uh, there's a lot of us who are trying to do stuff uh, that is just inclusive of the whole community, you know? And uh, not saying that whoever is doing this show is at fault, but the way the bars and the venues will look at it, yeah, they will just put said people or the group of people you know it'll be your fault you know yeah. Right? I see, so, yeah i remember seeing uh, mike checking them get in trouble for stuff that would happen outside the bar that wasn't even right attached to them at yeah. all in any way yeah and, and mm. like you read the newspaper and it's like yeah. hip-hop show cause yeah and it's like well they happened like two blocks away like yeah. five <laughs> hours later you know yep. but yeah it, it's always been uh like you said a slippery slope um because I, I have spent a lot of time in madison and in milwaukee and Minneapolis, and you go to these shows, and there's like just this huge community of people who like want to see these shows. They want to buy shirts and CDs. And they want to have a good time. They're not worried about, like you said, kind of like competing. It's not. They're not there to judge you on. Oh, I'm better than that guy. They're there because like I, I want to go out and have fun. Mm-hmm. And as there's a little bit of a lack of that here, it feels like because everybody does feel like they compete. Compete? All the time. Yeah, yeah. Like that's becoming more and more like uh uh, uh like. 
prevalent uh, as we talk about it um, because, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a support. Like, I, I, like as a DJ, I, I always call Rockford like a top 40 city. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, any way you slice it. Um, and I feel that's the same way for, like, indie artists. Because um, when, when I go to shows, like, it'll be a good turnout. But, you know, it's like, you know there could be more people there. Yeah. And uh, I tell people this story all the time. Uh, um, you know, uh, what's his face? See, I don't even know his damn name. Um, the guy who's really famous. Not, oh, g Easy. Yep. <laughs> like, he came to Kryptonite, like, twice at like five dollars at the door and like nobody was there and i was there you know uh and to be perfectly honest i didn't even really like him i thought he was like mediocre but i was there you know what i mean i just wanted to see a show right um and then come to find out like oh he blows up and good for him you know that's awesome but it's like he's a perfect example of you have to start somewhere yes absolutely as a matter of fact ricky would tell you too he was buying us drinks at the bar he was buying us pbrs he was yeah. getting our names. Well, see, and that's, I took a lot of notes from what he did, not realizing it, you know, and not then, but since then. And I noted the fact that, like, when he would go into a bar or whatever show he was at, because he used to crash at Dana's place and everything. They've oh, no kidding. Him, yeah, they've known him for a long time. Dana's, oh, wow. You know, uh, Dana's got a track with him from oh, way cool. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, from them talking about the shows they had with him and everything, and I... I I realized that like whenever he went into some place, he would introduce himself to everybody. He did that. He would he would he would become friends with everybody in the bar. That was like his goal to yeah. go in there. It yeah. wasn't just to perform and be cool and hey, look at me or anything like that. It was like I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna perform a set, and I'm whether they like it or not, yeah. they're gonna remember me before I leave. And I think that just uh like it you could see why he's famous mm-hmm. or why he made it. He might have gave he might have gave the right person the car at the right time. He might have bought the right person a beer. You know yep. He was buying us beers, and I'm like, man, I don't know who this white dude is, but yeah, shit, he's I don't cool. Really, with me. I don't remember a word he said, but I remember the name. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I can't. I tell you right now, I couldn't even remember a song he performed, but I I liked him as a person. Right. Exactly. You know, he was charismatic. And yeah. I yeah, I definitely feel that there's just a huge lack of that here. Um, I know people are trying, and that's why again, I appreciate what you guys do. You guys have made your own platform. Like you guys take your platform. You guys could do a show anywhere. Yeah. And, and I've seen yeah. you guys do shows like anywhere. Um, and I think some people need to understand that the importance of like booking yourself, like like just because uh, it's a random place that might not have everything, yep. that really doesn't matter. It's like if you have the right tools and the right team, like I, I swear you guys to go to like a Denny's and set up okay. and it'll be a full well, and that, show. That was kind of our goal too, is make sure that like we, we wanted it to be, if we could pull up in a van, Open the doors and just rock a show and drive off. I think when uh, so we're inside the uh, Toast uh, um, complex and uh, I had a MF Doom show here, and I just brought you know my little setup just to play music in the background. Um, I was playing MF Doom music and I think Zen's like, "Hey man, who has a mic?" <laughs> and yep, then Jay Church he busted one out of his book bag. I'm like, dude, yep. that's the most like hip hop. DDC shit like <laughs> he said he, he comes up to me with a mic and a cord I'm like oh dude like so but but you know what I mean it's like you make that moment um um anywhere like you guys could be in a parking lot and yep. you're ready to go and and I think that's another thing that's important is like you have to be ready to go like if if the CEO of wherever came in and was looking for a show I think in five minutes you guys could have something yeah absolutely instead of being like well you know there's not a mic here there's not 
Yeah. Make it happen, dude. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And then, I mean, I mean, I drive around with our, you know, with our gear in the back of my car whenever we go to an event mm. just to make sure that, you know, oh, if something happens or anything might pop up, like, we're there, we're ready. Let's, you know, anytime. So, man, that's, and that's, uh, uh, someone taught me that in breaking, and I know it's a, it's a, it's a quote that people use, but they say, uh, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know, yep. it's like you guys are, are always ready to rock, man. And and I appreciate that, dude. I love it. Um, I had uh, two questions. Uh, one from Zen. What's up to Zen, man? We're going to get you out here soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his question to you is, who is your uh, biggest influence as an artist? Uh, my biggest influence as an artist? Realistically, it's probably, believe it or not, one of my favorite uh, writers as well, which is Clyde Barker. Oh yeah, I, from I always, the Hellraiser. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, done Candyman. He's done so much. Uh, I always read his books. Well, he obviously known as a writer, not known as an artist. Right. But he always painted with a Japanese brush, and it was always just black ink. And yeah. he always made these really cool pictures, and it reminded me of an extremely obscure comic book style. Mm-hmm. And I was always a huge fan of in, in countless comic book artists. There wasn't really one that I hated. Well, I wasn't a big fan of Rob Liefeld, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. He did create Deadpool, so he's cool. But uh, it, it's that it's something about his art really always struck me different than a lot of other people's did because he wasn't an artist, but he was painting, and he. I came to find out like he would paint these pictures and then write his stories based around that. Oh no shit! And a lot of people didn't know that, so like it, it just intrigued me more and more. And and that's except my favorite artist is someone who's not even really an artist. <laughs> right, and you know what that that guy is. Now that you say that, that makes sense because it seems like, because he like sets up these scenes with such great detail. Absolutely. Just, he already drew them, mm-hmm. so he's already kind of describing what he did. Yeah, it was and already I never, an image. I never thought of that because when you, I guess when you're writing, you're thinking of the, the stuff as you go. Right. But if it's already done, you can kind of describe in more detail, like oh, he was thin with long fingers and. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, Check out Clive Baker. Uh, yeah, more most commonly known for like the Hellraiser. Yep. Hellraiser, uh, Candyman, um, Nightbreed. Candyman. Yeah, Nightbreed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit. And then uh, the homie Angel asked, uh, "What uh, Angel from A to Z Studios, man? What's up, bro?" Uh, he asked, "What was your first uh, like custom or commission piece in Rockford?" Oh, that was so long ago. Um, the first things I started doing were uh, hyper realism style pictures i didn't actually start doing portraits until i ran into you that was my first run at portraits when we did the rockford mug oh yeah and that was dope yeah so but it was always and so my first commission pieces were like they would want not a caricature of themselves or their family member but i don't remember who it was at the time but they wanted something almost comic bookish but not quite so i kind of blended like the portrait with caricature which is really what started to develop my style mm-hmm. all overall because i have i have a realism factor to my work but there's still something cartoony about everything. right that's yeah that's that would be yeah my first piece was a really cartoony i don't remember to who it was oh really okay <laughs> you know I, I and uh that's 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 interesting that you say that too because uh i i do like the uh, cartoon uh style that you bring 
uh, like the bright colors and uh, it's almost like watching like maybe like an 80s cartoon like mm-hmm. like Heathcliff or something yeah. like that. Like uh, I, I could tell that you're uh, influenced by that and uh, it also resonates in your comics and stuff like that. So that's that's interesting. Um, so going forward for you, man, I mean, you've accomplished so much already. You guys are still like, I don't see you slowing down anytime soon. Like uh, the crew is constantly reinventing itself. Um, I mean, from art shows to hip hop shows to traveling. I mean, where, where, you personally, like, where do you see yourself going in the next year? Uh, this next year, I plan to do a lot of focus on uh, some of the art things that I've been wanting to to get done and get out of the way off my bucket list, if you will. Um, so I'm put a lot of focus into to taking some time to get a lot of those pieces finished, and then uh, you know it's back to back to the grind. You know, uh, hitting up different events. I don't know how many events I'm personally going to throw this next year. Uh, just because, you know, there's a lot of things that's been happening, a lot of transitions between, you know, I've moved recently, mm-hmm. everything else, and uh, I haven't been able to paint or anything because of all of this. So right. I, I think I'm going to take a lot of the year and just get some artwork done. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, of course, going to be at, you know, be in a bunch of shows. Right. But I'm not yeah. sure. I, I know there's a few, that, and there's a couple of the secret projects I'm working on, which I can't, as soon as I get, as soon as I'm allowed to announce sure. them, yeah, I'll yeah, let yeah. you know so I can come back on. Yeah. But uh, they're going to be really, really cool events. But it's probably only like three or four that I'm really focused on right okay. now for the next year. Yeah, man. And a lot of people don't realize like just the grind. Because <laughs> on top of doing art, on top of doing shows, you know, being a dad and being a husband and doing like there's so many things that go into just like trying to fuel your dream. Like, yep. like uh, I feel like people only see i mean you only see the the good part man oh, but yeah. they don't see like like he's drinking a monster i'm drinking mm-hmm. a red bull like <laughs> we're probably on the both same like i'm on the sleep you know yep. <laughs> but uh but that, that's cool man that's that's awesome uh um i guess my last question for you uh in all honesty like how, how do you balance all that or how do you try to balance doing all those things honestly i'm extremely lucky like my wife has uh really allowed me to be the weirdo that i am mm-hmm. like uh because uh, she's she says she's not talented, but she she is. She can sing like oh, insanely really? well. Hell yeah. yeah! And I, I try to get her to get out there and, and do a little bit. One more. of these days. But uh, she allows me to take the time off to do uh, the crazy adventures that I do because mm-hmm. I, I I live by the fact of knowing that at the end of it all, uh, I feel like no matter what you believe in or any types of, you know, philosophical, spiritual, the end of it all, like you really are a story to be told by other people. And your story can either be uh, days of our lives or it can be, you know, a crazy, wacky, you know, Bill and Ted's adventure type yeah, yeah. story. Yeah. So I've always really lived on that factor. And she's allowed me to uh, focus on the crazy projects that I would do. So I really owe it all to her being able to let me do these things without interruption because a lot of people don't they, i mean like I, I do so much more that i people that haven't seen that right I, yeah I, I build sculptures i do puppetry i do you know oh, yeah. all these crazy yeah, things yeah and yeah she definitely allows it's that time. that balance to to let me i mean that's the best i can say it. she allows me to be the weirdo that i really yeah am. no I, i'm in the same boat as you are dude if it if, it, if i you know, if my wife wasn't as uh, lenient towards the time I use to do these things, uh, I wouldn't be involved in a lot of things. Therefore, a lot of these things like this and other shows probably wouldn't be happening if my wife was a jerk, (laughs) but she's not. And, and, and I think there's a lot of people, men and women who like kind of let themselves go in these relationships that aren't 
really healthy for him. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know hey, you, you take time for your wife. I take time for my wife, too. Don't get me wrong. But they allow us to do these things, to take time to express ourselves, which is uh, fun for us, but it's also healthy. And, uh, you know, I think uh, at least from, you know, my philosophy, if you're with somebody, you know, make sure that you let them know what you're involved in, oh, you yeah, know, definitely. and that <laughs> it's just, it's your passion and it's something you love. And uh, I would encourage anybody to bring your wife or your husband or what have you to some of these shows because a lot of times they're fun, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my wife, she knows what's up. She doesn't come to a lot of them because she just, I, like, I could stand around here for eight hours and be unbothered. Yeah. <laughs> Her, however, she'd rather be at home, which is cool. Yeah. But, you know, that's our medium and, 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 I, I, and we keep it that way. And I think a lot of people... Um, won't let their partner like leave. Oh, for sure. And then when they're, I do, I've seen it. Like you, you see the guy and his girlfriend's like, like he's trying, she's trying to get him out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's and, had enough. Yeah. You know, it just is what it is. You know, and and you need that balance, man. That's just you need that balance in everything, not just in relationships, but in, uh, you know, when you're working on your crafts, you need to take breaks. When you're doing art, you need to take a break. If you're constantly doing shows like you need to take a break so there's a constant balance in everything and and it's important to take time um for yourself um and and that way you know you could just keep on enjoying what you do and, and having a good time man um so we're gonna go ahead and conclude this man chris thanks for coming out dude oh thank you very much for having me on man. appreciate you big time uh you got any shout outs you want to throw out before we uh take off uh, shout out the whole crew the whole dmm crew the whole ddc crew uh everybody that's been helping out all all the all the allies along the way. I mean, I appreciate everybody. I know it's everybody's been out of touch with everything going on, right? Uh, and everything's just getting back together and then getting worked out. And uh, I can't wait really to see everybody again. So, and uh, this will be out before the next show, which is December third, correct? Yep. And that's a Friday, uh, December third, uh, Friday night. Well, like at. No, it's everything's starting at seven, but it you know kind of goes throughout throughout the night. Okay, so. uh, uh, it's gonna be DDC Hooligans uh, yeah. doing a hip hop show at Texas Lounge. Don't know exactly what the address is, but it's uh, <laughs> right before uh, Morgan and uh, Morgan and South Main area. Uh, if you pass the big old mural of my daughter, <laughs> you went a block too far. But it's uh, Texas Lounge. If you're going south, it will be on your right hand side, and they're gonna have a hip hop show. It's free. Yep. Um, free admission. Who's on that? Dre, uh, uh, Sancho, Dre, is it? Uh, Sancho Domingo is on it. Uh, Ty is on it, I believe. I know Jay Church is going to be on it. Uh, Star is on it. Um, he's got he's got quite a few people on it. Uh, you know, shout out to Dre Skrilla for you know he's the one that really put it together in this whole Hogan squad and everything. And uh, you know, we just good guys with them, and you know, we've put them on a bunch of shows, and they're putting us on some shows. Cool so. man, December third. Texas Lounge is a free show, like yeah, free, check free it out. 99. <laughs> yep. You can't like you can't beat that. So drink specials, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So come out and support. Uh, come out and support Chris and the gang, and uh, come have a good time. And again, Chris, thanks for coming out, dude. Appreciate yeah, you, you big time. Uh, I'll probably see you like next week or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Vic, and you're listening to Breaks, Beats, Boom Bap, and Beyond. Peace out.